I like a little, just a little, we need a little introduction. It's not, we need to set the scene. The scene's been set. Welcome to the flow point method. Whoa. What? I was over here uh, trying to look. I was lumixing, I was turning in. Welcome to. Trying not to look fat. (laughs) Welcome to the flow point method podcast. We don't know what episode this is. We'll find out when we get there. So today's episode, for most of the world, I feel like Australians are going to get mad at me for that one. Northern Hemisphere. For Northern Hemisphere, it is off season. It is cold, and if you are mad, then you will be skiing. I've decided to run away to warmer climates because yeah. much easier. You should try it. <laughs> but cold water slalom skiing. Lots of people do it. I did it a lot when I was younger. I didn't really slalom too much, but I did a lot of tricking in the winter. But today we are going to talk about slaloming in the winter months. What to do when it is freezing cold. You're from California, which I have now recently found out in this moment. It's been like November, December 7th. California gets cold. What are your tips and tricks? Yeah, just outside the door, if you take him outside, he screams like a little girl because it's so cold. Florida kid now. He did not expect that. But um, first, I would just like to say that Jenny probably would tell people, look, you probably should take some time off the water. Yeah, so we'll just, say, we'll just say that. That's the official response. That's the, the official unofficial response. response when you want to keep skiing through the winter. Is- if you want to keep skiing a certain amount, a, a lower percentage amount, right? Mm-hmm. You don't want to ski freaking two You're not going to be doing seven sets, yeah, yeah, seven sets a week. Yeah, exactly. Um, Weekend skiing, to enjoy it. To enjoy it. Number one, I mean, just I'll say that we know, the science has pretty much proven that cold plunging is healthy for you. Oh, it's going very flat. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just like saying it. like cold water exposure is great for you. It's healthy for you. Mm-hmm. So there's a benefit right there. Yeah. So why not every once in a while get in that water, go mm-hmm. do some skiing, Keep keep the ski muscles tuned up a little bit. Yeah. Keep the brain ski muscles tuned up a little bit. Um, as far as how to do it, obviously, you know, you have a choice. Dry suit, long suit, spring suit, bathing suit. One thing I would like to add to that while we're here. Bikini. If you haven't tried a thick suit in the last eight <clears throat> years or yeah. so, give it a go. The a thick suit. What do you mean by a thick suit? I mean, a, I mean like a 5'4". Okay, very thick. Because instead of a dry suit, not to drop brands, they all make them. But O'Neill, I bought an O'Neill wetsuit, and this is tricks, right? I used to trick in the winter. I used to go for out for two 30-minute sets a yep. day. Uh, uh, for two seasons, it was pretty much I would do ten trick sets a week. And you have a low, and, very low cold tolerance, by the way. So. I, I not I do you, now, oh, but and that was that was ice on the water, right? Yeah. That's not that's just the situation that it was in. It was pretty yeah. chilly, and every now and then ice would get. So it was it was cold. Yep. And I would put. A neoprene sock on, which you probably don't need for salon because you're only in there for 10 minutes. Nope. Yep. A 5'4", and I would trick for 40 minutes in this thing. It's a wetsuit. You put a hood on? And I put a hood on. Yeah. And good gloves, 3-2 mil gloves. That's yep. for tricks. Yep. But the wetsuits have got incredibly good. So if you're out there and going, wetsuits up, maybe give one a go. If you feel like, because dry suits are kind of big, they're kind of flappy, they're kind of uncomfortable. They rip all the time. So every time you pull them out, the, the wardrobe at the start of the year and mice has nibbled on one or they've degraded and they, we had so yes. many problems with them winter training. So that would be my first PSA is wetsuits are way better than you would think. And maybe it might be worth giving one a go and get a good wetsuit. 5-4 will pretty much be a dry suit and any water that kind of leaks in is like a bubble and it, it makes you kind it's of feel warming. like you peed yourself, but it gets very, very warm. So wetsuits are like very good. Feeling. What? I bet you like that. Not feeling. a fan of that one. No, I, mean, it's I like don't warm. like peeing in a suit. It's too much. Yeah. But I do like the warmness. Okay, let's assume so everybody has their kind of... Equipment dialed. Their equipment dialed. What are some other tricks that you use for warm water... Or sorry, cold water skiing? Like, 
I know some the biggest... things with the warm water bucket and, you yeah. know, this and that. What do you do? So uh, this could be debatable and I'd love to actually be told the correct answer because I don't know. I've tried both and haven't, none of them really worked. Okay. Is warm water before your set was a bad idea. So oh, when really? I slalomed, so I did a little bit before 2021. I slalomed for like a month in March and before my Worlds in December, I was pain, like training, training. So yeah. I haven't only choked, I have slalomed. So the biggest thing that I found was I used to wash my hands, obviously. Um, always do, always have done in the last like five years. As we know. Thanks, Bob. But it, I would wash the them in hot water and then start to go to like mild room temperature, probably colder than water. Get your little thermometer. And out. then put my gloves on in that cold water. Yeah. So not late cold, not, not yeah. 32 Ice. degrees, not zero degrees Celsius. Yeah. It was like cold water. Yeah. So that when my hands went in them, when I went outside and started skiing, they didn't all of a sudden feel like they got way colder. Sure. That kind of helped me. Another one was a warm water bottle in the in the lake, in the lake, in the boat, so that yeah. I can spray my hands. Yeah. That really helped. Um, but- What are the biggest pain points? Usually hands. hands? I have feet, my feet. feet, first after first pass, it's gone. It's fine, head? dealt with it. Head, no? Uh, I never really dealt with the head. It's And again, I think all of it comes back to what is your goal in off-water sure. training? Maybe we should talk about that. Because we, we, yeah. we focus on equipment, but what would be the goal for Somebody trying to maintain some sort of ski cadence through the winter, whether Rhythm. it's once a week. Cadence. What? Oh, oh, okay. Rhythm and cadence. Sorry, you said yeah. the word and I was like, boom. That's okay. the posh yeah. word for it. Rhythm and cadence. Okay. Like you're not going to probably, I know we've all seen the video of Nate running 41. Yeah. Like, yeah, impressive. You can yeah. do it, probably. Is it a good idea? Probably not. You're better trying to find rhythm, trying to find cadence, yeah. and really kind of trying to smash that in. A lot of people, I... A lot of people tend to go slightly slower with the boat, um, not to going from like 36 to 34, but, well, maybe you can yeah. if you're there to enjoy it, but just go maybe a mile an hour slower. 35 or um, something. Just to kind of Take settle things off. down a bit. Yeah. The one thing that I've found, if you ski through, and if you are planning on skiing through the winter, don't tell Jenny, she'll tell you off. But yeah. no, if, you're, if you are skiing through the winter, actually that can be better. I've had bigger problems in the past when I stopped for a month, took time off, tried to come back in November, and everything mean, felt so fast. What do you mean bigger problems? Like it felt fast for one I couldn't, set? I couldn't do it. Felt I, fast for like a month. I set the scene. I had Junior Worlds, yep. December. No, uh, start of January. I was going to Florida for a month beforehand. Yeah. Just freezing in England. So then I had the time from September <clears throat> through till November when it's cold. Sure. Until the start of December when it's cold, three months. And I was like, right, Rob, be sensible. Take some time off, take a month off so that you can hit Rob, Florida hard. Sensible. Do some sets beforehand in England for a month. Yep. And those every single one of those sets, I could barely win my second pass. Hmm. Two years later, same situation, exactly. Hmm. Worlds was in January. Yep. Um, going to Florida for a month beforehand. College didn't like that one, but they dealt with it. Yeah, whatever. And I did the same thing. I was like, right, learn from your mistake. I skied through and I didn't drop a boy. I didn't drop a meter hmm. and I didn't drop, sorry, a foot. Yeah. And I didn't drop a trick. So that is one thing. If you're a kid out there and you and you have like junior worlds again, exact same situation is yep. January. Mm -hmm. Play with it. Feel if you need a break, take a break. But if you feel ready, if you feel rare, and it was a yep. massive, massive, massive bonus for me to kind of train through that. Then the temperature drops slowly. You're getting sets in yep. as it drops, and nothing goes from oh my head's cold, my it feels fast. The ski's not getting an angle. The ski's not sliding. You just kind of learn to deal with it. And I literally didn't drop anything yeah well it's good point good points you bring up i do think uh whatever people people have different goals ambitions mm -hmm. desires 100%. needs and this so, is for the yeah training, for the for the, the like world. cream of the crop exactly like training for worlds junior worlds pan ams whatever 
um, it, there's definitely something to be said for you got to stay sharp. Yeah. Right. Um, the other side of that too is what are what's your long term goals? Like if you That's if you a different story. if you really love skiing and mm-hmm. you're passionate about it, and it's something that you can't really stop doing because you just <clears throat> you don't feel whole. Like yeah, you still you still need to keep keep it going a little bit, mm-hmm. um, especially if you don't aren't prone to mental burnout. 100%. It's physical and mental burnout. It's under recovering yeah. in the mental capacity, under recovering in the physical capacity that we're really worried about, yeah. and and becoming imbalanced. Right, you're standing mm-hmm. asymmetrically, um, you know, tandem stance on a slalom ski. Yeah. If we're talking about just slalom, and there's a lot of uh, asymmetrical loading. There's a lot of nagging stuff that can start to come up if you don't take time away. That's yeah. that's one of the big reasons. And then the mental aspect, if you don't get away from it for a little bit and kind of reset mentally there's a chance of burnout so i 100 percent agree with the body for everyone for whether good bad middle nothing but in terms of mental burnout i think again we're looking at top end i think we're looking at the people that have got past the point of i do this sport because i love it and do it every single day we all love it if we do it i hope so it's expensive we but it's a great sport but at the top top end national kind of level yeah, sometimes you ski when you don't want to. Sometimes you have to, because you have to if you want to be very, very good. But I feel I feel like, again, the bell curve, there's a lot of people in the middle there that wish they could ski forever and won't burn out because they love it. They just love being on the water. They get to come home from work, maybe ski once or twice in the week, go out with their kids, go out with the family, go ski on the weekend. And that's kind of where I would look at the other side of the mental burnout side mm-hmm. of things. And if it's your escape, if it's your hole, if it's your heart, and you're like, no, I, I need to take my psalm set every week. Maybe in two years' time, you'll get burnout. But I think if you feel like you're still loving it, don't be afraid to keep... Don't shy away from I'm that. I'm kind of on that this year. Everyone's like, obviously, Will, John, they've been around things a lot longer than me. They're like, oh, I need a break. I'm done. I don't want to yeah. look at a ski for a month. I've been yeah. training hard, ski testing, all that stuff. But I'm like... You're like, let's go, let's do it. But I was kind of like, am I, am I wrong? Am I, am I yeah. making a mistake from doing this? Maybe we'll find out in a podcast in six months' time. I'm like, I burnt out, should have taken a break. <laughs> but I, I, I'm... You're my an body experiment feels, for us. My body feels good. Yep. My mind feels good. And I wanna, we've gone on massive tangent, but no, I want to keep going and I want to enjoy team. it. And I think that's... Don't be afraid to keep going as long as if you want to be a good skier, you're focusing on your body, you're making sure things are set, you're enjoying it. You're working on off water if you want to become better. And that's like the, the, yeah. the other side of it. Fixing those imbalances. The way that I like to look at it is I don't stop skiing, but I take my skiing is 90% in the season of skiing. That's my head, that's my body. Mm-hmm. And then I do warm ups. Um, I do the warm up protocol essentially mm-hmm. on Flowpoint. Mm-hmm. And I take that as my gym. I like mm-hmm. to move through, make sure my body's fluid. I with don't think shapes. I have a strength off problem in the season. Mm-hmm. Off season, I like to think of it, okay, it doesn't go the other way, 90-10, yep. but it's like 60-40. Yep. Skiing's 60% because I love it, and then 40% of that goes to the gym. And I would sacrifice a ski set for a gym session. Yep. But in the summer, yep. I'm very rarely going to sacrifice a ski session for yep. a, a gym session. Yep. So changing those priorities up and going, right, I want to be better next year. Let's put some time in, build better foundations, and most importantly, stop injuries. Talk about expectations. So uh, when we get back to cold water skiing specifically in training and mm-hmm. you know trying to go out and and ski when it's suboptimal temperatures what are some kind of uh realistic expectations for people say somebody who's um normally can run like 28 off right on a good day they run 28 off what what reasonably could they expect to be doing in the cold months when they're skiing in a dry suit a long wetsuit with a break <clears throat> if you um, if you run your first pass i throw the fist yeah 
No, I'm, I'm not that easy. Missed many. I, get, I did a video. I did a video on this. It was like first set back in two months. I literally videoed my first set back. No, but if they're trying to Miss. ski through the winter, what, what <sighs> expectations? So what, what should they be aiming for? Should rhythm. there be rhythm? I think. Well, I think it's different for different people. Sure. But I think you're you're gonna. I would not be surprised if you drop a pass. That's hundred percent probably guaranteed. Yep. You're in a dry suit. You feel comfortable, and you will run it. But it's probably not going to be as good because you're tight. Everything's locked up. Yep. And it's very cold. Skis react differently. We can get to that in a minute. Yep. But um, you're probably going to drop a pass. If you don't drop a pass, I wouldn't be surprised. And if you drop two passes, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Like like I said, I trained through and I didn't lose that many boys. It just didn't become as pleasant. Yeah. And so I think in that, drop your expectations. It's not going to feel as smooth. It's not going to feel as easy. You're probably not going to be as up course because of some of the stuff, the way that Mr. Engineer over there, the ski works and well, we in should the get water. to that in, we in should maybe get to another that in, episode. Yeah. Or this maybe, episode. Maybe we could touch Whatever. on that. We I think touch we on. should do it on this one. I think we should touch on this one. Then we're going to do a Finn episode because that's always exciting. Okay. Well then talk about um, what, what do you feel differently when you get to cold water? What adjustments do you have to make? Whether it's a technical adjustment or an equipment adjustment. So biggest, water. biggest one for me, technique, just focus on it. It's not, nothing changes for me necessarily. I have to focus on slightly different stuff, mm -hmm. but that's because of the, the ski and the fin and the, and the setup and the way it reacts. I don't personally change my fin or I haven't changed my fin for cold water skiing in the past. Um, I like to feel, in my, my understanding of it, is the water's simple words, grippier or supier. It's sorry, it's thicker. Like thicker. it's gonna hold more, <clears throat> but the water the ski is also gonna sit higher because of that thickness. Yeah. So for me, the feeling that I have, it's much harder for the ski to smear. It's harder to rotate everywhere. The skis don't just smear through the finish of the turn like everyone thinks. Yeah. It's harder to smear as we build into first wake. It's harder to smear as we move off second side. So the ski, in the words actually, and Matt Reaney sent me a message on this when I did a video on this, mm -hmm. and the way that he worded it, I really, really liked, was you get, you're gonna, it's gonna be harder to turn. You're gonna get stuck on a line, so you're gonna track incredibly well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but that line just isn't going to be as good. You're not no. going to get that same finish through the finish of the boy, and you're not going to get that smear and build into the first wake as much. So that, mental-wise, is where I start to focus on my technique about being a little more... I'm not a big fan of the word patient, but by focusing on building angle through the finish of the turn so that I'm not just kind of turning and trying to go, I have mm -hmm. to make sure that I'm bringing that ski round and it's coming with me mm -hmm. because it's harder to build that angle. So I have to focus yeah. more on getting that angle not being too heavy early, and then almost letting that tracking do the work, if yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, those are good points. I feel like that pretty much mirrors what I felt through the years, yeah. trying to ski in cold water. Quite difficult. Um, <laughs> Quite difficult. Frustrating sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, like you're on a different path, and the path mm -hmm. is not the one you want to be on. It's tough to, get, it's tough to find it. I think <laughs> it can be, but it's very tough to find it. Very tough. Yeah. yeah. So if we're going to take it a step further... Because I feel like if you can understand the why, then you can understand how to cope with it better. Why do you think that is? Just generally speaking, or if you want to get in the weeds, why do you think cold water is like that? Is it, why was it created that way? We get no, what is it that, that's I doing I didn't that? Get it. So that you could I so didn't you, study that. That's not a question. Sorry, carry on. What, what are you yeah, doing? What, what is it that either creates that situation or how can you deal with that situation? How can you deal with it better? With, with, your, with your movements. So again, for me, f f simple, easy 
not the root cause. But again, usually at the start of the season, haven't skied in two months, I kind of just need something to figure out, is a big part of its finish of the turn. And I know we've said it before, yeah. turns on all of it, turns on everything, it's all beforehand. But for me, a big part of it is making sure that I'm patient and bringing, getting angle through the finish of the turn to build on into the wakes, because I'm not going to get as much early. But the main thing for me is everything's fast. So making sure I commit to first wake and kind of especially on the gate, driving angle and position into that first wake. Like when you say commit to first wake, explain that to people. Well, people go, okay, it feels fast, so I'm going to be fast. So I need to let up, be slower. Be, yeah, so then people down. start trying to edge change early, <clears throat> coming off edge early, trying to come inside early to get ready for the turn. The biggest thing for me is, and we've talked about this in the past, and another podcast idea, is I want to take the longest path into the boy. But it's so hard to trust that that's going to give us the right speed. Yeah. So committing to angle into first wake, committing to holding it through the off that second side through that edge change, and really trusting the swing of the uh, swing of the rope, yeah. so I can get up on the boat, and then I'm in a position where I can think about being more patient through the finish of the turn. So essentially, get more angle, hold more angle, and um, just swing with that angle. You yeah. know, rhythm. Yeah. yeah. About about the turn though, because that's kind of a key focus for you trying to figure out how to optimize through the backside mm -hmm. of that finish of the turn. What, I mean, I know free skiing you mentioned before, would you consider that something for people just coming back to skiing or for people trying to continue to ski throughout the winter? Would, should they touch on that once yeah. every two weeks, once every week? One, I think it's, no, not at all. Like, how do you think about it? Because I, 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 have, I have my opinions, but I want to hear your take on it. As in the turn, like trying to be lighter and as in, Slightly is, more. can free skiing be a tool that can help you work on something like that? 100%. I, disclaimer, haven't done much free skiing. Okay. I spend 99.9% yeah. .9 of my time on very small mermaid lakes. So I haven't done that much free skiing. <clears throat> I have seen a lot of free skiers come to ski with and help them deal with going to the course. Mm -hmm. So I'm quite well educated in the fact of it. I just haven't had that much. Free skiing on small lakes is tough. There's a lot of boys. It's tough. I should do more of it 100% to Jump get with ramps, them. there's buoys. It's just stuff in the way. Um, but I tend to just go earlier and do slightly more, um, slightly more early passes, slightly yeah. more back-to-backs yeah. at the start yeah. of it. But 100% free skiing, I believe, is very, very useful. A lot of you have no choice but to free ski. Yeah. So... Again, building, we've talked about this a lot, building athletic stance, so standing right on the ski and building rhythm. The two most important things, and you can do that without a course. Building your relationship with the boat, building your relationship with the pull, not just trying to dump a shoulder and go, trying to bring your ski around through the finish, stay balanced over the top of it, so that by the time we're pulled, we're in that athletic stance, that strong position, and then we can hold that to center line. Yeah, cold water, anything else you wanna say? I think we should touch on fins. I think we should touch on the fact that a lot of people want to change their fin. I went down a ball of spray form on this. We've been doing the ball of spray boss episodes, watch them. Yep. They're a lot more relaxed than this and a lot more fun. Um, Pretty much the same, but uh, just a little more banter, a little, a little more, more banter, argument. Yeah. Um, a little more opinionated, we'll yep. say that one. And I went down the article and there was like people add, some people add 10,000, some people take 10,000, some people move back, some people move forwards. Yes, you might find a temporary band-aid for the problems, but I think at the end of the day, the fin that you dialed in in the summer usually is probably the fin that's gonna be dialed in the winter for yeah. most people. It's not gonna feel good, it's the winter. The change that you made was probably felt good because you had some more sets on it or you dialed in a bit more. Yeah. Yes, fins can be changed and it can help, if you get the right setting, just like anything, in warm water, you can change a fin and it can get way better. You can change a fin and it can get way worse. Maybe that's just where the fin needed to be. 
True. Or you, and then you get to the summer, you've started skiing too much, you haven't taken a break, your skiing goes down, you change it back. and it, It's a rabbit hole you can go down. It's a rabbit hole you can go down. So unless you're planning on doing a lot of skiing and a lot of training through the winter, yeah. or you're just really, really struggling, I would suggest leaving your fin. But if you decide to change it, in my opinion, opinion mm-hmm. and what I've felt before, the first thing to go would be making a slightly smaller fin. Mm-hmm. So going either taking out a little bit of depth, maybe touching a little bit of length, but then we can get bitey mm-hmm. or depending on where your numbers are or maybe just going forward. So essentially just taking a little bit of drag out, a little bit of grip out the back of the ski, allowing things to turn because essentially the water's grippier. It's grippier There's, and it's not allowing it to smear. It's not allowing rotate. it to smear. It's not allowing it to rotate anywhere yeah. in the course. So that's, that's my opinion. That's, I believe Marcus agrees on that one. Mm-hmm. And that's what I've heard from a lot of very, very smart people with a fin. So, um, if you decide to change, I would go that direction first. But again, we're about trying things. So if you go the other way and it really works, let us know. Yeah, please do. I mean, that's cold water. I think that's cold water skiing. Yeah, I don't think we need get to good equipment. Equipment. Get yep. good. Get a good wetsuit. It is cold. Um, it is chilly. It is chilly. Find out what works for you. Try warm water on your hands. Try cold water on your hands beforehand. Find out what works there. Have a lot of fun. Don't get too finny with it. Fins are fin. Don't expect. Your PBs? Yeah, and don't expect PBs. Yeah. I think that's summaried. Pretty the, much. Summaried the podcast. I love it. Yeah. Hey, don't forget, folks, if you want to support the podcast, we got hats on our website. We've got shirts. We've got all kinds of stuff. Fourpointmethod.com. I, I don't actually think that bottle is, you can't buy the bottle. I don't think you can buy the bottle okay, yet, but if that. you want. It's coming. It's let coming. Us let us know. We will have some more <laughs> of those. And uh, yeah, DM, comments below. Give goes, Rob and I and Jenny, we're all on GiveGo if you want to send some video for some coaching and um, let us know what you, what you want to hear more of. I love it. Yeah. Send us a DM. Yeah. Thank you for watching, listening, subscribing, all that kind of good stuff. And we will see or listen or watch you guys in the Very next one, I guess. Very soon. Very soon. See ya. Bye.